As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Hi, everybody. This is Christine Lewis, Executive Assistant to Mike Sipple Jr., here with you today on the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I'm sitting here in the studio with your host, Mike Sipple Jr., a gentleman that I am pleased to support in all of his business endeavors, including this podcast. And here we are a year after launching the Talent Magnet Institute podcast, and Mike and I thought it might be fun to get together and talk about the past year and what has materialized, what are our favorites, and hopefully inspire some additional listens from you as well. We've had so many great episodes this year, 52 plus great episodes that we have recorded. And, you know, I've been visiting colleges with my youngest and, you know, every college I visit, the last one I visited is always my favorite, meaning I love them all. And I have to admit, I love every single one of our podcasts and the learnings that I've personally gained have been exponential in the past year just by listening. So Mike, thank you for joining me today. Chris, thank you so much for encouraging me to do this episode. Also, thank you for everything you've put in to this work that's helped us get to where we are. Just for everyone who is listening today, we have many that are in our outro that have made this podcast possible. And without a leader like Chris Lewis behind this effort, to be frank, it would have never even gotten off the ground. So the impact of team, the impact of encouragement and listening, and the first reflection is podcasting after a year, this takes a lot of work. And you hear the statistics of the growth of the podcast industry, and this is not for the faint heart. It's Mm -hmm. been a lot of hard work and thoughts that go into it, design of every single episode, the intentionality that we're trying to bring to life with the Talent Magnet Institute and the topics that we're covering and not being afraid to cover some really important topics that need to be heard and to be willing to, quote unquote, go there in the episodes to really help our listeners go there and have a safe place for that to happen. So thank you so much for uh, leading us into this episode, and it's going to be a world of fun. So thank you for that, Mike. I will say everything that unites all of us at the Talent Magnet Institute is a dedication to growing others. And it's been especially exciting seeing how this podcast has really helped others grow. And dialing back to the beginning, when you were conceptualizing this podcast, what made you want to do it? So part of this effort was really to bring out incredible stories, but stories that others could find themselves in. Mm -hmm. Stories that in experiences and commentary and life, you know, just others being willing to share about life and their journey and and what's important to them now that might be important to some of our listeners as well. Or maybe there's listeners that have never heard this topic before, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe no one's ever heard of inclusive capitalism. Maybe no one's ever thought of 
their responsibility of fighting Islamophobia in their workforce. Maybe no one's ever thought about the impact and implications of jumping to conclusions with people and the impact that could have on reducing turnover numbers while increasing retention and positive cultures in the workplace. And to be frank, also a place where leaders can take care of themselves Mm -hmm. and realize that life matters, right? That it's not about, and that's where it even comes into our kind of our mission and the branding around the podcast. We were so intentional. If you go and listen to the first several episodes in the Talent Magnet Institute podcast journey, you'll hear us working through our branding Mm -hmm. where it wasn't as consistent because we were trying to really fine tune. So for those listening, early episodes, you may have heard some tweaks around episode 15 or so where we started getting more consistent with our brand. The work of helping leaders, leaders, you, the listener, succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, and reframing success and leadership. What that means to us is really redefining what leaderships look like. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're failing in relationships and you're failing at life, but you feel like the world is on your shoulders relating to work— Either A, others around you may know that and you may not, or maybe you do know that and you want to change the way you think and lead, and we're here to help us do that well, right? That's the effort of this. I think that's what has gotten us where we are today with almost 13,000 listens. We're up to 12,751 at the recording of this episode, and I'm confident that we'll be several thousand ahead of that by the time this gets released. We also have found that this is not focused, even though a lot of the interviews and the stories are with leaders in the greater Cincinnati marketplace. I am so thankful to be here because we have literally a world convenes in greater Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. You know, our search firm has represented companies in 16 different countries all through some small world connection that's been a journey through Cincinnati, Ohio. And we feel like we're kind of the epicenter for international leadership and international voice. What we've seen, Chris, show up in our, actually our listeners, a high concentration of our listeners are coming from Europe. Mm -hmm. And it's a every single week listen. It's not a one country. It's you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners that are coming from Europe and the UK and France and Ireland and Canada and Germany and Turkey and Mexico and Brazil. And oh, by the way, those are countries that we have clients in, right? So that pass through of people listening to an episode and sharing it with their friends and their colleagues and their peers and their employers is actually happening. Yes. And that was something that we really wanted to try to achieve. I know you've heard from some of our listeners. Any anecdotes that you'd like to share of how the podcast has helped them? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So just this week, as we were recording this episode, I got a very encouraging note from someone And that quote was, I just listened to the most recent episode and I was blown away. What a great conversation. I have never thought about inclusive capitalism before. Mm -hmm. It really struck me. We are so lucky to live in this community and people are everything. 
thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. To those listening that know me well, those kinds of things bring me some overwhelming emotion. Yeah. That somehow with the risk of being behind the mic and the risk of covering really important topics that people can avoid, naturally avoid, we're having that kind of response. Yeah. You know, I've gotten many thank yous. Thank you for talking about this. Thank mm-hmm. you for being willing to share this, not just from our interviewees, but from people who, to be frank, there's been people reach out that I haven't even known. Yes. Right? And I've heard this feedback. I was at a meeting a few weeks ago, and I had a, a very senior executive come up to me from Procter & Gamble. And I don't know if he'll ever know the encouragement it was when he looked at me and said, hey, I want to let you know I just listened to my fifth episode, and you're really onto something special. And I'm very excited about that, you know, not just because of that organization and that leader, although I'm very thankful to have that person as a listener, but because there's 13,000 other people, some may be unique. You know, there may be someone who's plowed through 70 episodes or 80 episodes at the time of this release. Right. But there are others that have just kind of tapped in and hopefully we have seen them. I know our production team looks at the data very carefully. It's been interesting as we've gone along this journey, our numbers have just consistently rose and we're not getting what they would call Mm drop-offs. So we're getting stickiness. And I don't know who all of these individuals are that have listened and all of you that are following because that's difficult in the podcast space to know uniquely who's listening. But I thank you. I thank each and every one of you. And I look forward to hearing more feedback in year two more response, more engagement, even more than what we've had. Seeing it show up in reviews is very encouraging, but I also look forward to some debate. And, you know, I just don't believe that, or I just don't, or, you know what, I've been an employer for 27 years, and I've never thought about that. Right. Those are the kinds of anecdotes that really inspire us and keep us going. And to be frank, help us stay focused on our goal of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. Well, we're here today to celebrate. We're here to celebrate one year of amazing podcasts, one year of amazing leadership journeys, one year of amazing hot topics. And as you mentioned earlier, you are completely unafraid to approach the hot topics, to talk about the hot topics. You're unafraid of getting the conversation going on things that sometimes people don't necessarily want to talk about. The first one that I wanted to ask you about is conscious capitalism with Steve Schiffman. What did you learn about conscious capitalism from that episode, and why do you think it's important to talk about? Absolutely. Chris, great, great episode. Episode 17 with Steve Schiffman on conscious capitalism. It was encouraging for me to hear his journey. You know, to hear the journey that he's been on, and I think more importantly, the intention that he's taking, right? The way that he's bringing that topic to his organization across the world as a global organization at Michaelman. I love some of the comments, you know, that they really think about nonprofits. They think about community engagement. They think about volunteerism as a major way that they make a difference in the community, but that they also think about how their products, that they're designing, the sustainability factors, the implications, the thoughts of what 
chemicals go into their products and how it shows up in the marketplace and how it is applied to those applications that it gets used against, even that part is very conscious decisions that they've made and things that they've innovated. The driving investment around that and that, you know, he mentions it all starts with values. You know, when it comes to making a difference in your community and the world at large, it all starts with your values was one of Steve's quotes. Mm -hmm. The other part is in that episode, we talked about, Steve, why do you volunteer so much? Like, why do you and you're involved in the early childhood movement and you're and his comment was it comes from a place of acknowledging my privilege Mm -hmm. and acknowledging that my children had privilege and that I have privilege, and not everybody does. And how can I utilize my privilege to bless others and to help change the trajectory for others? And I think that really comes down to what conscious capitalism is a lot about. Mm. Well, another topic that we address throughout the year in the podcast is the workforce pipeline. And interestingly, the workforce pipeline really starts with early childhood education. That is something that you are very passionate about. And maybe explain to our listeners why you feel that that is a very important topic to discuss on the podcast. Yes. So hopefully for those who have been following the journey have heard this a lot, and maybe it's even made you think about how your organization can get more involved in the schools that are around you. So there's a couple different dynamics here. One is our future is with our children. Right. And how can we make sure that from a public policy, from a business policy and from a, you know, corporate and conscious capitalism, inclusive capitalism approach, we need to recognize that our future, your future of 10 to 15 years includes the kids who are in school right now. We also you look at from a current workforce, you look at retention issues and you may have people showing up late because of lack of child care or because their child is sick, or because they really want to also be involved in their kid's school, but they understand their work hours don't preclude that. So how can we get employers to start caring more Mm -hmm. about the grandparents who have kinship care over their kids and their employees who have children or are taking care of other people's children as neighbors and as communities? And how do we lean into that and be more Mm self-aware? I think the other part, again, I mentioned the public policy. Public policies have to change. And you look at the implications of the episode that we had with Vanessa Freitag talking about legislation in episode 42 or the episode that we had with Amanda Greenwell, episode 50. And then we covered this topic a lot because it is very important and dear to my heart. I believe that every employer is close to a school. There's an elementary school, there's a middle school, there's a high school, and you have employees who would love to get involved in something, and what better way to help them fill that void than to volunteer at school? Now, let's turn the tables here on a financial ramification of this. You also need employees. So when you're volunteering at a school, those children have parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles that are caring for them. And that school becomes more aware of your organization, that it's an organization that cares. I know I have a business that reached out to me recently and their CFO got involved and is doing one-on-one mentoring at a school. And he shared that thank you for the encouragement of doing this because it has given me more than I think it's given the child that I'm mentoring. Mm -hmm. We hear that a lot 
and, sure. and the work that we're trying to encourage. I think it's an employer's obligation, to be frank. I think we need to either use our soapbox to help encourage others, and we need to get directly involved. And this is how we're getting directly involved. Being involved in early childhood efforts like the Cincinnati Preschool Promise and Pre-K Works, My Pre-K, it's been very intentional. Right. It was also intentional of that group to reach out to us because of how embodied and how embedded we are in the workforce pipeline conversation, um, as well as we're an employer and we need more employers to step into this space. So I hope that that helps people understand a little bit of why we're doing that. Well, one episode that jumps out at me after what you just said is Dieter Moller's episode on skilled workers and how hard it is to find skilled workers. And as I mentioned, I was just returning from a spring break college tour. And until I listened to Dieter's episode, I hadn't really thought about skilled labor for my kids. We'd been very focused on college, college, college. And why don't you share a little bit more on how that early childhood education, you know, leads into the high school experience and then the high school experience leads into perhaps beating the manufacturing workforce pipeline. I feel like that Dieter's episode, it was fascinating to me and very enlightening. So episode 27 with Dieter Moeller, we hit on, you know, the ability for a international leader to move here. Mm-hmm. And uh, which was his father and start a business here in America and the impact of Dieter's focus to continue to grow a successful business while looking at future trends and making an impact. So their company hires lots of skilled trade and very skilled trade, technically skilled, as well as those who are on the shop floor. But some of these individuals are making six figures and mm. You know, the reality is there's a pathway for everyone, Mm -hmm. but we have to make sure we show everyone the pathways Mm -hmm. of what they could take. And, hey, if they dream up a new pathway, awesome. But we've got to be careful not to put everybody down the same pathway. And our world needs more people in the trades business. And there's been ups and downs in the trades businesses, which have then trended the impact and implications on schools that have dropped or lowered their trade skill programs. And we talk a little bit about that around the, you know, that these are trends that happen in workforce. And when people aren't building things, construction programs shrink. Right now, we've caught ourselves in maybe a decade of downturn that we're trying to catch up to. And we've got to be more thoughtful around finding the child's pathway. So you see a lot of work in the workforce. You see high schools that are showing pathways. You see, you know, one of the things that we're really focused on as a region is showing cradle to career pathways and what can that look like and how do we invest early in getting people to read at an early age and getting people to not be behind in early childhood education because of brain pathways and brain development, but also how does that, how does seeing variety as a child to be able to join a sport, a Lego league, a dance group, a acting class that helps people really find what they were put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's put on this earth to be a financial analyst or to be a CEO. In fact, I was recently talking to a COO that said, you know, I never want to be the CEO. Mm-hmm. I love being a great number two. Mm-hmm. And that individual went from a professional career path for 20 years and now is in nonprofit executive work. 
And that was also, we can give people variety. It's okay to have people, it's actually encouraged for people to have variety. So they also, you know, it's also to highlight businesses that are doing things well. You know, Reinstahl is putting lots of money and effort and time and energy behind this. They've joined some local collaborations around this, like one of our clients, Monty, that's doing that as well. And their leader there, Molly Fender, their head of HR, one of their owners, is involved in this work very intentionally. And we need more companies that are intentional, Mm -hmm. that are really leaning into this. And I'm really encouraged by companies like Reinstahl that are doing that great work. An additional topic that I know we are all wanting to lean more into is diversity and inclusion. That's something that you have addressed pretty deeply. You've taken some very deep dives, I feel, on the podcast, starting with Dr. Janet Reed's episode. Janet is a world-renowned expert on diversity and inclusion. And why don't you share a little bit more about why you feel very passionately about that subject and why you have addressed it multiple times on the podcast. So I think as a world, we leaned into the whole theme and thought process of diversity, recognizing diversity. Mm -hmm. But as Dr. Reed puts it, that diversity is the noun, inclusion is the verb. Mm. Inclusion is the action. So it's the next evolution of taking this to a next level. And I would encourage all of those, and I'll even go back to episode three with Shaquille Ahmed. She's really helped me in my life personally think more about interfaith connectivity Mm -hmm. and the valuing other people despite differences. I also believe that a lot of employers don't think about their employees. Mm -hmm. We think about ourselves and where we are. Mm -hmm. We need to think more about our employees. So what I mean by that is if you're an employer who has individuals that work for you that look different than you, and that had different upbringings than you and have different socioeconomic classes than you, then this is a topic you should care about Mm -hmm. and you should be intentionally caring about. You know, one of the things throughout the theme of the Talent Magnet Institute is talking about bringing out the best in all people, right? And we have responsibility and we have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And inclusion is about action, You know, first, you need to recognize, and I guarantee everyone listening to this, when you look around the room and you look around your organization, more importantly, not just the room you're in, but the organization you're in, there are people who come from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get stuck, and I apologize for mentioning this, maybe incorrectly. Sometimes we look around the room. And we don't think about the whole organization. Right. And that's the important part. You need to think about your whole organization. You need to think about the young talent, the seasoned talent, the individuals that are mid-career. How do you get all three of those working well together? You need to think about the individuals who have different religious beliefs and different upbringings and different statuses socioeconomically, you need to think about gender Mm -hmm. and are we really being inclusive? Mm -hmm. You know, what I have found is those that do it have acknowledged their best ideas come from the effort of doing this Mm -hmm. and getting involved. So we're going to continue to hit on that in year two, and we're hitting on it hard in year one, and it's just the beginning, you know, because we know if you can unlock the potential and bring out the best in all people, you can win 
in the talent space. And oh, by the way, you'll be a talent magnet. People will value you. You might be the first employer that's ever helped them feel safe. This You may be the first employer that's ever helped them reach a new height emotionally and professionally. And we believe we need to go on that journey together and we need to look deep inside ourselves to ensure that we're doing everything we can do to listen, to be empathetic, to be understanding, also to set accountability of what the expectations are in our organization as it relates to culture development, inclusion, understanding conscious bias that we all have them. You know, Janet, Dr. Reed also shares that it's natural to create as a child, you are reared to understand what is safe and what is not safe. Mm -hmm. And based on how you're raised and who you're around when you're raised, that defines safety. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say, wow, I acknowledge that that's the case. But what you need to do is start looking around your dinner table, your community table, your workplace. And are you allowing all people to share their perspectives? In episode three, Shakila Ahmed brought this up. In Preoclosics episode, we talked about this. It's okay to acknowledge that this is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I really want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. And guess what? As soon as you ask that question, that person opens up and says, wow, thank you for caring. I've never had anyone ask me that question. Yeah. And let's start building some cultural competencies to really build strengths on this. I know we also covered this with the episode with Joe Meyer, episode 51. We've covered this in episode with Janice Urbanic. We've talked a lot about the impact of women in the workforce and gender inequity. We also talked about that with Megan Cummings, who runs the Women's Fund of Greater Cincinnati and what they're seeing and the effort that they're putting into gender equity. And this all goes together. Our hope is our listeners take some really important pieces from this and begin operating or thinking differently. And we would love to hear your insights and perspectives on this. We'd love to know how we can help you as we roll out into year two and continue to help you succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. So let's take a shift off the hot topics, but to a different type of hot topic, and that's just human resources. The Talent Magnet Institute is, you know, very dedicated to helping organizations attract and retain the best. One of my favorite episodes was Steve Brown's. He talked about putting the human back in human resources. And I confess, I listened to it twice. So I might have boosted his numbers a little bit that week. And the next time he comes in, I'm going to ask him to autograph a copy of his book. I'm sad that I didn't ask him to do that while he was here. But share with me some of our more tactical podcasts, maybe starting off with Steve's and some other ones that you think human resources professionals and CEOs will find helpful. Yeah. So one of the things we've been very intentional about this, as you know, mm-hmm. Chris, the intention is because our belief is to bring really out a holistic model of leadership, right? So when we talk about reframing success and leadership, it's getting us to think differently. And when we look at attract, recruit, onboard, develop, retain, and ultimately those things lead to ambassadors, we're bringing in leaders who understand this and to be frank, embody this. You know, one of the quotes that we put out with Steve's episode is we need to treat people like people. We can, it's allowed, 
it's legal and people are aching for it. Mm-hmm. People desire that, right? So we need to bring out the people side. You know, I think we tag the episode of putting HR on purpose, mm-hmm. HR on purpose, putting the human back in human resources. And that was really important. One, episode 35 is a great episode for anyone who knows Steve Brown. He's involved in the global movement of putting HR on purpose, helping HR be very purposeful. Some of the other episodes that we've done relating to this topic and just in general HR, certainly episode 46 with Priya Klosik, that topic was on leaning into organizational performance. So Priya is a world leader in this topic. And again, she covers things that how do we as an organization grow and be stronger and be more intentional? Priya covers that. And it might not be the things you're thinking about. We also talked about creating thriving organizations with Elaine Cease, episode 49. And again, we talk about when you're willing to ask questions, amazing things happen. Elaine has been in my professional life almost my whole career, Mm -hmm. and she really understands how people think. She's on the faculty. Both Priya and Elaine are on the faculty of the Talent Magnet Institute, and they're a part of that consortium and body of work because they're so dedicated and focused to this. Episode five with, again, a mentor of mine, Jennifer McClure. I had the opportunity to work with Jennifer in the beginning of my career, And she talks about the element of upshifting, right? That the future of HR, she was able to step up her game by not walking in and saying, this is the right thing to do for people. She also had to back it up with data, Mm -hmm. right? So she talks about that I couldn't just come in and say it's all about the people. You got to back it up with data and you've got to be able to show the impact of the business. And she's learned to do that, right? So we need both. Another really powerful episode, episode 32, that we heard so much about from our listeners with Beth Gilio. Again, we hit on the intentionality of hiring people. We talked about thinking about two to three things your business needs to succeed and then rallying your team around that. We talked about the opportunity that organizations have to bring out the best in all people. Beth is one of the top HR executives in our region with 8451, and they're doing things differently because they know the importance of doing things the right way. Mm -hmm. So their difference is really doing things the right way. And the topics they're taking on as it relates to inclusion and the opportunities that they are saying, hey, you know what? We're going to create ERG groups, employee resources groups for individuals that identify. But you know what we also want to do? We want to take people who don't identify with those groups and put them in those groups so we can build empathy and we can build friendships and we can build understanding. Really powerful thought process that, again, we used to talk about diversity and we need to understand Now, we need to focus on inclusion, Mm -hmm. right? Now that we've acknowledged that every human is different, we need to focus on how do we leverage and bring together those differences and value those differences and take action and grow businesses and grow people. Very similar to, you know, we've recognized that we're different. We're going to jump into different, you know, various ERGs, employee resources groups for people that identify as different. But let's not forget that part of that is also we need to build understanding, of those differences. So they're doing some really, really important work there. And these are just some of the episodes that we've touched on regarding the HR topics. Yeah. I know you have said 
that it's lonely at the top for so many of our leaders. And that I know is one reason that you have chosen to highlight leadership stories, hoping that leaders find themselves in these different leadership stories. One of my favorites was Mary Miller's episode, Changes, Dreams, and Leaps of Faith, where she talks about her incredible leadership journey and the forks in the road she had and all the bumps in the road too. And are there any leadership stories that you feel especially resonate with CEOs, CMOs, anything that you'd like to share? I'll stick with episode 34 with Mary Miller, and she put, too often we get so busy that we don't even realize that we don't have a life, mm-hmm. and we forget about our dreams. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of leaders, and this is, again, why we break down relationships, work, community, and life, that sometimes we get so focused on our careers that we forget about We have a life beyond our career. It was one of the things, and again, we had a huge response to the episode that we did on creating a marriage strategy, episode 43. We know not all of our listeners are married. We know not all of our listeners may have a traditional marriage. Mm -hmm. But in the point of this episode is that how many hours and how many events and how much focus have we put into our work and never put into our personal relationships. That's really the takeaway here, that it doesn't just have to be a marriage. It can be your friendships. Right. It can be your children. Mm-hmm. It can be that I don't have a circle that I feel safe with. I share often that we need our confidants. You know, it's one of the top in reflections that I've had, that we need a place. We need people who love us and care about us because of us, not because of our work. I reference a lot the 3 a.m. friends. You know, there's there's leaders that are lonely because every person in your organization looks to you. So whether that's the head of HR or the CFO or a president or a CEO, who do I turn to to really get advice? Because if I turn internally, they may hear me wrong. I might just be needing a place to talk through something. So we talk about the opportunity for roundtables and for groups of people. You know, I've got a few of those that, I mean, there are people in my life that I could call at any point and I know that they would answer the phone. Mm -hmm. And I've had to work at that. Again, it happens to come from a friend of mine, Chuck Proudfoot who runs SkillSource and started Outwork on Purpose. Many years ago, I was in a roundtable with Chuck, and he brought up this topic that, you know, when you're going through your career and you're developing, sometimes we forget that we, like, friendships are important and they need to be a priority. That's a big part of reframing success and leadership. We talked deeply about some of this with Chris Painter in episode 15. Again, Chris has been one of my dearest friends for a long time, but he started out as a client. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris jokes that I was in my late 20s redesigning his entire Mm C-suite in an organization he was with. And he valued my insights and perspectives. But man, you were doing incredible work and you were in your mid to late 20s. Chris is one of my best friends. Yes, We've been on journeys together where we've literally, the two of us have said, hey, we just need to take our wives on a vacation together. We just need to get out of Dodge and we need to take a break. We also have a group, Chris and I do, that includes Jonathan Theaters and Craig Todd and Brent Rippey, Chris and myself, that we're there for each other all the time. 
You know, I have relationships in a roundtable that I'm in with Lee Bushman and John Moore and Howard Kaplan and Tara Halpin and Scott Buecher, myself. And those relationships are much needed when you're leading an organization. And people who don't just care about your company, they care more about you than your business. And they point you back to family and they point you back to priorities. And as leaders, we need this. We all need this. Those listening, you know you need this. And you may feel like your current employer doesn't provide that or you as the employer don't think about that. And I'm telling you, you will burn out. I've had people, even recently, a very dear friend of mine take his life as a CEO of a very large organization. And the loneliness and the fear and the individuals that felt very close to him that didn't have an idea right. that these things were going on, that they say that the the deepest depression doesn't show up on your face. And those are, again, I'm hoping that we can say even save lives by having people hear some of these journeys. Well, some of those journeys, I was stunned at how willing these leaders were to show their vulnerability on these episodes. And I would think that that should make people feel that there is someone who understands how they are feeling. And that was a huge takeaway for me. And that people had times of uncertainty in their lives and they plowed through them. Mary is a great example of all the different, you know, she was faced with divorce several times and homelessness and she just kept plowing through. And one thing that really struck me was how vulnerable these leaders were in sharing their stories with you. And those are the episodes that I hope everyone listens to because they stuck with me and I imagine that they will stick with them as yeah. well. And I want to thank those that have done that. You know, when you mm-hmm. look at the <laughs> when you look at the trust that individuals had, we recorded our first 15 episodes without ever releasing an episode. Mm-hmm. And the people who were willing to do that, I thank you. The people who are willing to every week get a note from us that says, hey, this is your week and roll with it. The people that have been willing to be open and honest and transparent and the people who will be, you know, because the reality is if I look at our number one priority for the Talent Magnet Institute and the podcast work is to really show care about success in life. Right. And this is about success in life. We're all on a journey. You know, I happen to love what I do. Success in life, and how do you determine success in life? And what does that look like? And can your priorities change? Absolutely. But make sure you feel successful in life, relationships, work, community, and life. And I will encourage you that if you don't right now, it's okay. That's part of this journey, Chris, that you just referenced. We brought out these conversations because not everybody has been in a place where their whole life they have felt successful, and people are willing to share that journey with us. People are willing to put that out in the public sphere to help you. And I'm willing to go there personally and be transparent because that's what leaders do. Leaders open up. Leaders share their vulnerability. Leaders ask for accountability. 
I'm willing to do that every week when we record episodes. I'm willing to do that. And I know that so many of our guests are willing to do the same. And I want all of our listeners to know that if you find yourself in a tough spot and you're like, you know, they've even hit on a few things today that I'm failing at, that's okay. Join us, right? We all have failures. You're loved. You're cared for. We want you to care for and love the people that are around you. We're here for you at the Talent Magnet Institute to do the same. I know that's the same way that our search firm, our search firm has led 44 years, Centennial Talent Strategy and Executive Search. 44 years. And if you ask people why they work with us, they'll tell you they've cared for me. Mm-hmm. They've been willing to ask more about my long-term visions and versus a placement, right? We're about people. And in this world, we're about humans and we're about caring for people and we're about connecting with people. We were designed that way. And we want to recognize that we all have influence on the people in our lives. And it's our responsibility to help bring out the greatest good in us as well as the greatest good in all people around us. And we're going to keep ringing that bell. It's going to be something that year two is going to be exciting. We're going to go there. I ask for your input. I ask for your insights. If you're interested in dialoguing further on these topics or I'm hitting a chord, join us in the journey as we unfold the opportunities for year two within the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. We're really excited about setting our next goals and benchmarks. And to be frank, we've outperformed Mm -hmm. in the first year. And I'll also say that we've been outperforming organically. Yes. Right? That this has been a natural experience for our listeners and our listens and our downloads increasing. And we're going to stay focused on our goal. And we hope that you'll join us in year two. One last podcast that I want to be sure that our listeners do not miss is Jack Fitzgerald's The Warren Bennis Leadership Experience. So Jack is a leader in the making. And I have to say, I've used one of the quotes over and over, which is leaders are not born, they are made. I have told that to my kids at least a hundred times since listening to that podcast. Jack is a shining star in the making. And I confess, this may be my favorite podcast that you did. It was fascinating learning about how this young man had an idea as a University of Cincinnati student, brought it to life, and now knows the CEO of Starbucks and other great leaders because of it. So be sure to listen to that. Doesn't just know they flew into town to make sure they were at the event. Yes. In their private transportation, right? How cool is that? Here's a leader who's so committed to telling someone else's story well Mm -hmm. and embodying their values. And I really appreciate it. I had a mutual friend connect, Jack and I. His name's Brian Sand. And Brian called me and said, Mike, I got to introduce you Mm -hmm. to Jack Fitzgerald. And I really enjoyed that experience. And I know you did as well. And we've been impressed with Jack and, and the leadership that Jack's continuing to bring in our community now with the Leadership Council with Jenny Berg, who's a very dear friend of ours. Those are the kinds of things that have happened through this journey. You know, I've had multiple people. I've had CEOs that have been on the podcast reach out to me to say, Mike, could I share my story? Could I share my experiences? And again, I thank you. I thank you, the listener, Chris. I thank you, Janelle Spence and her leadership on this effort. Our team at Centennial, Becky, Mike Sipple Sr., TJ, for allowing us to go down this path. I thank our production team. 
and all of the work that Audra Casino and Megan Doherty and Chris Medine and a dear friend of mine, DJ Corbett, who wrote our theme music. When I first met DJ, he's an extremely gifted producer. And I joked with him, I want to have you make me some theme music one day. <laughs> and DJ and Janelle worked together on a lot of music production. Yes, and Janelle's are, a songwriter too. Janelle is a songwriter. We have a songwriter on staff here at Centennial. And then I would go, I would completely be remiss if I didn't thank my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they support me in everything I do. And I will continue to make them a priority. And I will continue to say no to things because of that. And But her support, relentless support that her and Chris, you provide me, I'm very thankful. Oh, well, and I'm thankful to work for you too. You've mentioned throughout the podcast that you want to hear from our listeners. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? So one, you can certainly message us via email or via social media. Mm-hmm. You can use hashtag talent magnet to communicate questions and episode ideas and feedback. The other thing is you can, and I don't say this just to add numbers, but you can also leave a review. Yes. You know, you can go out to iTunes or your podcast software Leave a review. Leave us a rating. Right now, it shows that we're doing great and we want to continue to do great. So give us feedback on how to get stronger. Give us feedback on what you're loving about the episodes and what your takeaways are so that we can build on those. So please do that. Reach out to us. Engage. And let us help you. Let us know how we can help you, your business, you as a person, you as your employer. We want to help you. We're here for you. And we're excited about you being on this journey with the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for sharing your insights today on year one of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I'm excited to be sitting here a year from now and having the reflections on year two being recorded because we know that year's going to go really fast. And I'm excited for the learnings that are ahead, not only for our listeners, but frankly, for me and for you. And it's going to be really exciting. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. By now, you've probably heard of servant leadership. But did you know it's been proven to improve company culture, customer service, and reduce turnover on teams? Find out if your actions pass the servant leadership test at talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash SL. That's talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash SL. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. 
Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.